Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. And we're back. Oh, magic of time, hey? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got Chris back again. Just, we're just going to have a, a brief discussion in terms of what's going to be, what we think is going to be trends in 2023 when it comes to youth athlete development. More so in, in Victoria, because that's where we're based. Um, we're based in the southeast part of Melbourne. Um, and I've, I've got my thoughts on this um, in terms of youth athlete development and where we're going to see more investment, um, whether it's from the individual perspective or even from clubs as well. But where do you, I think from your perspective, especially when you see individuals that are on the other side of the fence when they're getting injured, what do you think is going to be happening um, in 2023 when we get back into sport after the break? Yeah, I think firstly, it's just great to see kids back playing sport and, and playing in activities that they love to do. Um, I guess it's that we're wanting to encourage a good balance in their week with how much training they're doing and then leading into competition. And then we we want the enthusiasm there, but we also want to make sure that they're not a bit like jumping out of the blocks after a couple of years of lockdowns. They're not just going crazy and then overloading what we'd call relatively deconditioned bodies. Which kind of happened this year, actually. Massively, yeah. 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 So we saw uh, yeah, quite a, an influx of of just young juvenile tissue just not coping with with load and it's that whole telling little johnny or little susie that you just need a week off just to let things calm down and then we progressively reload you again and so you get back enjoying it but we just need to have a bit of quiet time first so as far as yeah moving into to next year it's it's again it's great that that you know again such a so many diverse sports we have on offer too um, in this area which is amazing so we need to also be mindful of that the times of year the weather conditions you know it all comes into it as well what sort of preparation can can our kids do knowing if it's there's a, an op- option for pre-season training um, some clubs you know depending on what level the, the kids are at but some clubs are introducing great measures where they might might do like pre-season screening so they get good baseline um, data on on what a child is doing and so they can track both through the season and maybe at the end of the season how they've performed what goals have they then set through that season so and if it's you know some strength training as well hey at the start of the season you were pushing or pressing x amount and come the end of the season this is what you're now doing so i think that's a really exciting phase of of where we're looking in the next you know coming years is is this measurable data and and using that information to good effect Hmm. to try to yeah uh, find deficiencies but pick pick on those deficiencies in a positive way um, and help that child be be better educated as to um ideally improve compliance then to work into those areas too so they know hey if i'm really working on that rotator cuff strength or that hamstring strength i'm really really helping to eliminate or greatly reduce the chance of me actually injuring myself yeah and i think there's going to be a bigger upswing of um, parents investing in their kids physical development so i know for us we've you know picked up you know 10 11 year olds 12 year olds or primary school age you know, from grades 4, 5 and 6 actually coming into the facility and parents are willing to invest in that in their physical health they've started to see that the the 
the I guess the dispersion of bodies, especially when in team sports, is starting to get a lot wider. Like we've got some kids that are really small, and they're, and they're playing against kids that are twenty five kilos heavier than them. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a big liability right there. So at least we have to get their strength up. So if they're playing a sport like footy, which is pretty prevalent around here. Mm. Um, they're not going to get it. Well, the light, if they go into tackle, they're going to have a little bit more confidence with the tackle. If you go into a tackle without having confidence, you're going to come off second best no matter what. So I think that's going to be really good. I think I think what happened was during the lockdowns and coming out of the lockdowns, there was a big upswing in people trying to get fit as well. But like they kind of just did too much too soon, Yeah, which was quite evident. And I think now that people that did too much too soon in last preseason or off season, now they're going to realise like oh, maybe I need some support with this. So they're going to seek out a, whether it's a personal trainer, train the conditioning coach, you, you know, someone in that youth athlete development space to actually do it in a proper methodical manner um, that will get them to peak to where they need to be uh, for I guess the start of pre-season yeah and you and look the social media the internet can be an amazing help for some individuals if they pick the right pathway because there's mm. some, a lot of misleading stuff out there too so yeah it, it is good that if you, your intention is to be it, if it's yourself or your child that you're wanting to set the right pathway for again ideal development then yeah it is good to be knowing that you're going to a trusted place where and I think what's important too is that some kids are not being tunnelled too much into a particular sport at an early age as well, so that they're still given the opportunity to express a full range of motor patterns, and they're they're working on the basics, you know, things like speed, agility, endurance. But they're looking at pushing things, pressing things, pulling things in an even capacity, so that ideally their body type, as you said, everyone's different. They can then start to either work on where there may be some deficiencies. Um, but they can also know too that they've got some really good capacity in, in other areas as well and that's a good thing to, to pump the tyres up that way too yeah yeah. and I'd say a lot of the kids that we do work with they're really enjoying the strength training process which is really good to see and we also want to be able to set kids up so then they can actually continue this as a lifelong endeavour um, then the other topic we can talk about is obviously obesity in Australia is just continues to skyrocket like crazy. I think there's physical a physical sport or sport in general. There's great access to it. I think it's more than ever before. There's grants to you know sign up for clubs and get equipment and all that jazz. Yep. But we're still lacking the real tools there, and that's really having the support and education around. All right, how do I actually support my kid in the in actual development and whatnot? And I think there's going to be more and more coaches coming out, especially out of sports science. You know, we've had a heap of interns coming through the door, whether they did that you know strength and conditioning level one, or they're doing the sports science degree. You know, a lot of them you know some, a lot of them want to work with youth. In the youth athlete development space, so there's going to be a lot more development. There's going to be a lot more. Fun. There'll be a lot more funding, especially from sports teams. You know, I'm hearing stories of you know some some clubs are trying to get some interns coming in and whatnot in order to try and set them up um, yep. moving forward. Just because there's going to be a large prevalence, and as sport participation, because it, it saw a big decline over COVID, kids don't want to play. They felt self-conscious. Some some felt that. You know, you hear stories of some kids that just haven't really gone back to school full time as well, so they've really struggled in that capacity. Um, but 
as as a result of all this, there's going to be a big there's going to be a big upswing of the next three to five years in terms of um, participation in mm-hmm. sport. Um, there's going to be more and more parents going to continue to invest in the athlete development of their kids, which is going to lead to more stronger, more fitter, more explosive athletes. Which therefore, then some of the, some of the ones that are lacking are going to require that as well. So then there's going to be another upswing. So everyone's going to continue to chase the same thing in order to try and keep up with this growing trend um, over time. So that's where I kind of see the this change shifting. The belief systems with parents when it comes to strength training is going to shift. You know, we've covered in a previous podcast, you know, four training myths. And one of the big ones was strength training is detrimental for kids' growth. And I'm like, well, no, first of all, <laughs> there's no context in that yeah. in that myth. But, the you know, the one thing that we said is, you know, malnutrition is going to be the biggest problem if for growth if the kids aren't eating well, eating enough calories and nutrient-dense foods at the same time. And that's going to be more detrimental than, you know, putting a barbell on their back. Yes, you know, there is an inherent risk with strength training, but we can also eliminate those risks by getting them to move effectively and efficiently as well. So I think my perspective from a strength coach, I'm going to be biased towards this. There'll be more more kids coming into it, which is really good to see. Um, parents are going to be investing a bit more into it. Um, clubs are going to be investing in a strength conditioning coach, um, part of the strength and conditioning page. You know, it's 1,400 coaches and students on this one page. There's heaps of jobs going on at the moment as well. But I think deep down at the core, grassroots will continue to grow. And I think with in in parallel with the US system, with the US high school system as well, you know, they have strength coaches. We're definitely seeing that in private schools, you know. I hear about um, Halebury, Brian Grammer, um, uh, Mentone Grammer. You know, a lot of these big powerhouse schools, they're investing in installing gyms, number yeah. one, and number two, getting a strength conditioning coach or a, a high-performance coordinator in there and running these programs for the kids. There's going to be a lot more investment at, at different levels, um, but obviously it depends on where you are specifically mm. in that area. Yeah, and... And I think that, that what's so important too is that it's looking also at the the psychological benefits of of being given the opportunity to to play sport. And again, it doesn't matter what level you're at, but it's just the fundamental of getting your body active and moving and allowing those endorphins to be you know enriched, getting that fulfilment by playing alongside a teammate or you know bettering your own performance. Like so much of that just ties in so much with that person's developing psychological profile so yeah the more again we can see opportunities created for kids at any from grassroots level right up to elite level the better Um, and again it's inspiring to see again the positive use of things like social media where you see that that weedy kid who's got no self-esteem goes starts going to the gym starts working out you know fast forward a few months all of a sudden they've got some bulk about them and what are they doing? They're strutting. They are, you know, so full of confidence again, and, mm. and that that self-esteem just just explodes. So, you know, we want to we want it to be inspiring. We want we want the, the the sense of physical activity to not be onerous, not to feel like it's a chore. We want it to be something that yeah, it, it allows you to set goals, 
um, and then to be again around like-minded people is another amazing thing as well you know you, you just see that that team camaraderie um, come to the fore when when you know you've got a great coaching structure you've got the right values in place at club level that um, you know they're the best environments to be in you know mm. rather than seeing your kid hanging around at the you know the bus shelter or you know loitering down at the beach yeah it's great that you know that they're invested in something that is good for them for their physical and mental well-being yeah um i was talking about social media i saw a video it was john cena actually why he got into the gym and why he's so jacked so he actually got into the gym when he was 13 years old yeah, and apparently right. he was bullied in school mm. um the funny thing is though he didn't do it for self-defense i think this is a howard stern yeah it was on, he was interviewed by howard stern and yeah he basically said yeah when I was thir- when he was thirteen years old, got into the gym and just that just kind of like secluded him away away from the bullying and helped develop his self confidence. And he didn't get big obviously overnight. It actually took him a couple of years because obviously the younger years takes a lot more time. Testosterone hasn't really done its thing as of yet. Um, probably didn't know much about nutrition. He probably got you know a little bit of gains, but until when he was like 17, 18, 19, I think he wrestled at college level as well. But obviously, he became a big wrestler yep. in the WWE, and obviously, you know, he's big in Hollywood yep. at the moment as well. So that's basically one of the, uh, is an outlier, but he's a success story in terms of you know getting getting into the gym, getting physically fit and healthy. Yeah. And, you know, I cast my mind back to when I was a kid, you know, and, and what opportunities I had. And, and it was, you know, I was very fortunate that I could play sport. Um, but you think back at the, the structures that were set up back then and it was basically a, a volunteer parent just helping out. But mm-hmm. like you said before, now the opportunities for the kids with strength and conditioning coaches, you know, um, interns working at places like, you know, inner athlete, that, you know, the education, the constant research that's coming through, the evidence based behind things now it's just getting better and better so it's a it's an amazing opportunity for for these young kids over these next few years to not only enjoy again the the essence of being physically active but to be guided so well yeah you know, that's huge i'm going to clip this um there's been more investment because the bc crisis is getting out of hand it's absolutely nuts at the moment i think they said in queensland i think it's one in four kids are overweight or obese which is nuts and haven't even finished school yet yeah and i think um it's i think the stats would probably be somewhat relative to here might be a little bit higher a little bit lower i remember i was a fat kid growing up as well you know <laughs> i went to the gym um i felt you know i remember one time i saw nick rewalt in the gym i saw him benching 100 kilos i'm like oh i can do that i think i was 16 at the time as well i was like oh i'm, I'm doing all right for myself yeah um but the i think the issue is like from an individual basis like yes you know getting into the gym getting fit getting a coach getting a support network around you is obviously important and that's what we see as a trend moving forward is getting that support i think that's becoming more of a thing now is the support side um but then i think from a community basis but also from a public health perspective i think there needs to be a lot more investment if kids were stronger you know diabetes you know later on down the track we'll see a decrease in diabetes and whatnot i think everyone should be everyone should be strength training yeah yeah my belief yeah yeah and you tapped on the yeah the the obesity again it's almost its own pandemic isn't it it is it is quite a concern um and i think there's the other the other facets in in a child's makeup that are important as well in as far as what's their sleep quality like you know and and going back to eating when are they eating not just what are they eating when are they eating are they snacking you know late at night is that then upsetting their gut you know um integrity um over a 24-hour period um 
um, again the influence of, of screen time um, on again quality of sleep um, just there's so much that that feeds off that sleep quality mm. um, that we again I think that's another big area we need to be better educated um, in the coming years as well it's huge yeah and if you want to better regulate boys get them in the gym there's nothing I don't think there's anything that really beats strength training for young boys um, th- then get them in the gym you know teaching them to grow and see progression and development and like physically exerting themselves and grunting and you know put them in in positions where they can safely fail and all that jazz i think that's probably the most powerful thing moving forward for i guess for young boys and men and my arm would certainly appreciate it for my 15 year old son punching me all the time it's just as he walked past he goes bang yeah thanks for that mate why don't you do it in the gym instead do it in a punching bag no you're you're fine so yes, I think yeah. It's not not until it gets tapped back. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's right. But it's yeah, definitely as you say, testosterone that that surge that they just have this need. It's like they you can see them. They haven't turned green, but they do become like the Hulk, and they need to get rid of that energy. They need to channel it massively. They need to channel that. That's powerful stuff. Like I don't think young boys or um, the teenage boys really understand. It's like hey, you can channel this like yeah. in a in a more in a, the more respectable but also in a way that's going to help put you in a better position moving forward like i can't like i can't really emphasize that enough yeah and it's that yeah that that flow on effect into creates creates routine it creates discipline it creates focus you know as well as you know hopefully you get physical physical benefits from it too so, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Thanks. For, thanks for your time, Chris. Uh, for those who want to see Chris, if you've got injuries or anything nagging, get in before Christmas. Um, if if this is up after Christmas, get him in. Get in as soon as possible. Then um, he's just based down in Parkdale, right near the beach, beautiful part of the southeast Melbourne. Um, you can look him up at Parkdale Osteo on Google um, or look online as well. ParkdaleOsteo.com.au. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Trent. You have just listened to the Inner Athlete Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.